Welcome back, dear listener, to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper Cloud, and joining me, a new co-host, it is Jonathan McGrath. Jonathan is a lover of sports, music, and pop culture. Jonathan was born in Perth and grew up a big West Coast Eagles fan. When he moved to Melbourne in 2006, he was lucky enough to watch his beloved Eagles win the 06 Grand Final. Now studying journalism at RMIT, Jonathan is an amateur sports reporter currently interning at RSN Racing and Sport. He's been a part of the Sports Desk on Sin FM and sports co-editor at the Swanston Gazette. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Wow, thank you for having me, Casper. Um, good to good to be here. Uh, good to talk about some some footy with you. Um, I've been pretty pretty good. Um, the weather's nice outside, so it's picking up. I've been going for for runs lately, which is something I haven't really done very often, but trying to trying to get into that. And uh, yeah, it's been watching more footy than I ever have. I think just because it's been on uh, so often, so it's like uh, nothing's on TV. I'll put on the footy, and there something's on. So. Yeah. Good. Um, how you been? Yeah, good. Thank you, Jonathan. Good. Thank you, man. This football, football bonanza. I've lost track of what days it is. What days it is? You know, it's just cra- yeah. kind of crazy. It's like, oh yeah, the football's on today, so that must mean it's like a Saturday or maybe a Friday. No, it's a Tuesday. Oh, okay. Go figure. <laughs> Look, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's just a little bit, a little bit crazy to follow with. But nevertheless, the football bonanza comes to an end this weekend with round 17 but before we get to round 17 we have to review round 15 and round 16 our top two highlights top two lowlights biggest positive surprise and the biggest disappointment first i'll start with you jonathan what was Mm. one of your top highlights of round 15 and 16 well it's uh yeah it's an interesting one i think a top highlight for me is uh as a Eagles fan, I think just how how much we're getting from Liam Ryan at the moment. I think he's really taken the AFL uh, world by storm. He's a, he's almost a household name at this point in his early career. Um, he's just one of the most reliable guys in our team, and I think every everyone would want him uh, in their forward line. Just someone if someone to kick to, or he's setting up the goals. He's taking the contested marks. Uh, beautiful kick. Uh, beautiful story. Just, uh, yeah, really love the way he goes about it. He is one of the superstars of the competition, and I can't wait to see him dominate for the Eagles for many, many years to come. I think for me, my number one biggest highlight is the Adelaide Crows, the pride of South Australia. Finally, finally. Oh, fantastic victory against Hawthorne. It wasn't (laughs) a close game. They buried them. They tore them to shreds. Goodness gracious me, not even Clarko could try to weasel his way out of that during the press conference. It was absolutely incredible. Well done to the Adelaide Crows. And then to back it up against the Giants, it's one thing to beat Hawthorne, but it's another thing to beat a desperate Giants team trying to keep in touch with the top eight. And the Crows did it two in a row. Can they make it three in a row against Carlton this weekend? We'll get on to that later. But for me, the next highlight that, you know, I'm just trying to remember what's happened over the last couple of rounds. I think for me, Mm. the top highlight has to be the West Coast Eagles. I'll give it to you guys because I think coming into the Queensland hub again, I was, I had concerns, you know, I thought that the Eagles couldn't get it done away from home. Um, Then you beat us. 
uh, you beat us quite well. Congratulations. And oh, yeah. unlucky to lose to the Western Bulldogs. But but mm. take that first quarter, take that first quarter as a massive, massive positive that you guys can play well in 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 the Queensland hub and you're a real opportunity to make the top four and to get that double chance. So for me, that's my second highlight for you. What's your second highlight of the uh of the, the little um little period that we just had? Uh well yeah, first of all, Adelaide Crows undefeated in September. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Um yeah, I'm just trying to think because there's been plenty to talk about. And uh, looking back on it, I, I guess, yeah, positive for me is that scraping through against the Bombers in round 15, it uh, almost had to turn that match off. It wasn't really uh, the best display of football you'll ever see. Um, I think the way that the Bombers played, um, it's, it's hard for the Eagles to kind of counter that. Eagles like to play that slow kicking build-up kick mark, kick mark, whereas the Bombers, it was balls on the floor, fast midfield, we're just going to run it and gun it. And uh, it, it was working, and it got, got you back into the game. But, yeah, I think a highlight would be uh, scraping through. And it, it was a yeah, 15-point win. I thought it was a lot closer than that. Um, I think the Bombers can hold their heads pretty high for the way they played. Unfortunately, couldn't back it up the next week. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not looking too good for the, the the Dons at the moment, but I'm sure we'll get into that later on. I'm sure you have plenty to say about oh, that. Oh, I do. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. But Essendon, for me, I have to mention them as one of the lowlights of the last two weeks because we had plenty of opportunities against you guys, right? Same number of scoring shots, 9-6 to 6-9, and we lose by 15, opportunities missed and opportunities cost us in the end. And we weren't able to back it up. So uh, I'm not 100% sure how true this is, but apparently the Bombers were uh, stuck in traffic for for three hours um, on the way from the Sunshine Coast to the Gabba. And so we only arrived at the ground an hour before the game. uh, And it took us an hour to show up to the game against Geelong. Um, and if that's the case, then leave three hours before you, like leave six hours before the game so you could get to the game yeah. early enough, right? Yeah. You'd want as much, as, uh, as much kicking practice as you could exactly, possibly get, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Our season is at the moment. I live in Dubai. Dubai gets very hot, right? I'm in Dubai at the moment. We've just been through summer. Essendon's finals hopes are kind of like the typical backyard, the plants during summer, right? Absolutely roasted. No shot. Absolutely roasted. (laughs) Yeah, it's not happening. Anyways, we're done for September, October football. But hey, we get to experience September football a little bit. That's something. Um, Yeah, Probably won't get a win. (laughs) We probably won't get a win in September. But anyways, it's something. So for me, that's the... Biggest flow light. How about for you? Mm. Yes, well, it's been there's been plenty happening in the uh, world of AFL off the field, um, and I was quite disappointed to see uh, or to uh, yeah get the get the news update that two Richmond players had been um, 
breaking COVID protocols uh, in a brawl outside a strip club in Surface Paradise and that how that whole story unraveled, I think, is a, is a real low light uh, for the competition and for the Richmond Tigers um, who are now faced with this uh, real problem of um, questions about their culture, um, their, this kind of the attitude of the players, the whole bad boy persona. I don't know what it is, um, what's going on. I mean, they got a lot of young guys coming through um, the Tigers at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think, I think Richmond's been in the, in the spotlight a lot this year um, for all the wrong, wrong reasons, it seems. Yeah, I agree with that. They have had a lot of off-field drama, the Tigers. I think for me, the second low light, uh, second biggest low light for me was how so many clubs missed out who are fighting for the last spot in the eight, missed out on golden opportunities to press their case for finals appearance, right? So obviously Essendon's one of them. But uh, Melbourne is also up there, right? Before the last two rounds began, you would have had them in as easy winners against Sydney and even easier winners against Fremantle. A dismal second quarter against the Swans and a pretty poor performance overall against Fremantle has left them in a precarious position. Um, and don't worry, Melbourne fans, I'm not just picking on you guys. I think we also have to discuss the Giants, right? Because they were lucky. They were lucky in their win against Carlton. They were lucky because Carlton stopped, right? GWS didn't win that game. Carlton mm. lost, lost it, right? Lost it, I should say. Whereas the game against the Crows was just bemusing. How could you? It bemused me. I don't know if bemusing yeah. is a word. It probably isn't. But it bemused <laughs> No, well, it did kind of... Uh... It just, uh, yeah, real shocking to see. How could how could they do? How could you lose that game when you're in such a position? Like, bag Essendon all you want. I believe me, I will. But at least we beat the Crows. Mm. That's all I'm saying. At least we beat the Crows. And we didn't have to dive to do it. <clears throat> Callum mm. Ward. Anyways, so that for me is my second low light. And the Dogs, very lucky to not be on this list as well. If it weren't for... Better goal line technology and the kick from Bontempelli not fading back the way it did. Great kick, by the way. Bontempelli, superstar. But that, yeah, for no, me, it's the second um, low light. Yeah. No, nothing nothing low about that Bontempelli kick. It was um, a, real, a real cracker. So um, yeah, low light for me would have to be um, the injury list. Um, particularly at the West Coast Eagles. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you probably knew it at the start of the whole uh, footy frenzy, footy bonanza, that uh, teams, the team that was going to be more successful was the team that could manage its injuries the best. So, you know, I think uh, a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of recognition has to be given to the conditioning coaches, um, to the trainers at the clubs for this season. Uh, in particular, so many games with such a little break in between. Um, but looking at the West Coast injury list, it's just, uh, it's, it's honestly, um, well, we've lost our entire midfield. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, bad time of year yeah. for that to happen. Very bad oh, time sure. of year. Um, I think for me, I, I should have mentioned this guy as a highlight, which is why I mention him now so I don't forget about it. But Bobby Hill. Oh my goodness gracious me. His 
goal to kick the goal of the year and to, then to take the mark of the year a quarter apart from each other unbelievable unbelievable i couldn't believe it if you dear listener has if you haven't watched the highlight package from the GWS Adelaide game and i wasn't expecting to say this before the before that game started watch it do yourself a favor and watch it. And if anyone who doesn't know football or doesn't follow Australian World Football at all says to you, what's the big deal about this Aussie rules footy? Show them the highlights package of this game and tell them that the team that won is the worst team in the competition. Tell them that. Tell them it featured the worst team in the competition and this is how good the game was. Right? Fantastic game of football. Highlights are plenty. I thought Shane McAdam took the mark of the night. And then Bobby Hill said, hold my beer. And then Shane McAdam said, hang on a second. Let me channel Jonathan Brown. Let me channel Nick Greenwald. And let me go back with the flight of the ball. Let me channel, uh, channel Callan Ward as well. It was absolutely spectacular, the display of marking during that game. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I was so excited. I thought my heart was going to give out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love to see it, don't we? Uh, two teams still still fighting fighting for something, you know. GWS fighting for a uh, for a final spot. Adelaide fighting for uh, our respect, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when a team's got their backs against the wall, they generally uh, pull out the best of the best, and uh, that certainly was. And you're absolutely right. Um, some of the some of the skills on display in that game. Um, just watching that that Bobby Hill goal. Just still can't believe how how you made that happen. Um, just yeah, phenomenal stuff. Centimeter perfect, as one particular commentator it. would call it. <laughs> Centimeter perfect. Now our biggest positive surprise over the last two rounds. How about for you, Jonathan? My positive surprise over the round. Well. Uh, I guess I'm kind of surprised how consistent Port Adelaide have been. Um, and it's not to say that I'm enjoying seeing Port Adelaide <laughs> go out and dominate every game, um, but it's certainly been surprising and, and, and good for them. You know, we get, we've get we got glimpses of a good Port Adelaide side for the last few seasons, um, and it seems this year they've just taken that and they've maintained it. Um, for longer than we've seen in the past few years. Um, so credit to them. They've got just probably the best mix of veterans and young stars um, coming through at the moment. Um, you guys like Rockcliffe and uh, um, Boke, of course, being supported by, uh, you know, the young, the young guns. Um, it's just, yeah, really impressive. And um, hopefully they can keep it up. You know, I, you never wish to see a team collapsed, um, it, it would be nice for Port Adelaide to see them get some success. Um, I still feel like no one's really talking about them as dominant as they have been. Um, maybe it's because, you know, a bit of a, a weird season. We haven't really seen that domination that we've seen from pre previous years. But, yeah, no, um, yeah, and I think it's up to Geelong and Brisbane to really uh, challenge them for that top position. So, yeah, um, I guess I am surprised to see uh, how consistent they've been. I think for me, the biggest, and I know, I know they choked 
the lead against Carlton, but I do have to mention the Sydney Swans. Considering the injuries to the players they've had, it's not like their injury list is particularly long because the Eagles have a long injury list. Collingwood has a long injury list. You know, the Bombers, long injury list. But the Swans' injuries to the players that they have out, right? Heaney, Kennedy was out for a bit. Buddy, obviously, to dominate that game up in Cairns against the Demons, uh, against a hungry, uh, older, more experienced Melbourne side, gives me a lot of hope as someone who loves the Swans that there can be a quick turnaround. And we'll get into this later. And the first quarter was incredible. First seven goals of the game. And yeah, sure, they choked the game. But I like to look at it from a philosophical standpoint that Carlton are two to three years ahead in their rebuild than where Sydney was, right? It's the benefit of them sucking from like 2015 to 2018 was the Mm -hmm. fact that they got all those draft picks and drafted all these great players. And now they are hitting that rebound, right? And Sydney, you know, really they only started losing back end of 2018. And so, you know, it might take this year, next year might suck as well, but watch 2022, the Swans are going to rebound. It's going to be very, very interesting. I think the main, the only kind of negative is the scoring, all right? I think Sydney's defense is incredible, but Sydney's scoring, once Buddy retires, contract expires in 2022, uh, where, where are the goals going to come from? I'm just not convinced, mm. especially if Papley's going to leave to Carlton at, during the off-season. Um, you have Papley gone. You have Buddy gone. Reed is getting towards the end of his career. So what, you have Heaney. You got some midfielders who can drift forward. You need Blakey to stand up in coming years. So McCartan maybe. So that's just that's just the only kind of question mark I have about the Swans. But other than that, it's been in a very impressive two two rounds. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I've, I think we've seen some really exciting young players come through. Um, I think Tom Papley, should he leave, will be a, a huge loss. Um, and they definitely will have to cover the forward line. Um, Buddy, there's still question marks around when we'll, we'll see him again. Hopefully he can get back to that level. Um, and if he can, he just provides so much um, for that young side. If, you, if, you're, if you're kicking the ball to Buddy Franklin, I think you're... Um, you know, you just have that extra little confidence in yourself. Um, but yeah, no, I think the 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 rebuild from Sydney, um, if it is successful, it it still has to be successful. You know, they still have to um, improve from here. Um, they're kind of just laying the groundwork. Um, but in in terms of Carlton, I think it it, um, it seems more positive. Carlton have been um, they they show those signs and then they show signs of regression almost um they get so close and then it all comes down and i, I think we're seeing that a bit with melbourne um so they're not they're definitely not alone in that sense um of like showing so much promise but yeah maybe we put it down to the season um you know it was so unpredictable um this season so next year might have the same trend um but yeah, definitely we'll be watching the uh, Sydney Swans very closely to see how they go about it and uh, where they go from here. Absolutely. 
absolutely totally agree with that one biggest negative disappointment for you jonathan yes and uh it's it's hard to to look past your own team isn't it uh when you lose a game that you should win by two points so losing to the to the doggies will uh will be disappointing and every time any time that you you lose a game to a team that scores less goals than you that that's got to be a huge disappointment how can you let the team that didn't kick more goals than you beat you yeah it doesn't doesn't make doesn't make sense to me how you let that happen but yeah it happened and i I still obviously i'm still (laughs) trying to figure out how it happened so yeah no that's uh that's gonna it's gonna stick with me and um it's definitely something to, to bounce back from and you know, in four hours, I guess we'll see uh, if they can bounce back from it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Should be a good game against the Saints. I think for me, if I was an Eagles supporter, I would be disappointed that uh, you guys gave up that first quarter lead. Because mm. again, I think the goals that I think the dogs were goalless in the first quarter, and then were able to come back after that. I think that would disappoint me the most. Um, yeah. yeah, I think as well. Though you are unlucky to lose, you're also kind of lucky that the dogs didn't kick straight because they're so inaccurate. Mm. If they kick straight, that would have hurt your percentage a little bit. But yeah, well, they had three behinds, I think, before they scored a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Bruce wasn't helping at all. Um, could couldn't kick kick anything. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the 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 Bulldogs kicking up front wasn't great at all. Yeah. Um, they definitely make up for it with their kicking around the rest of the, the field. And um, I think an, another surprise uh, packet for me has been um, Caleb Daniels. Mm. Uh, Caleb Daniel? This is yeah. it Daniels or Daniel? Da- Caleb Daniels? Caleb Daniel? Think Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Daniel. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with that one. Yeah. Um, his, his kicking this season has just been fantastic. It's been, mm. if, you're, if you're a dog supporter, you, you, must love, you must love the way he goes about it. Uh, very rarely misses a target. Um, he's taking the kick-ins now, um, and you, you just feel confident when he had the ball. Every time, every time he had the ball, you know, as a West Coast supporter, I was like, "Ah, oh, he's just going to nail the target." Mm. Sure enough, he did. Um, he has, I think, yeah, 20, 25 disposals in that game. He had nineteen kicks, um, which is just you know for today's game, super impressive, um, and very rare to see someone just favor the kick. Um, but I love it. I love to watch it. Um, just not against us, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He carves us up as well. Well, the dogs just in general have been carving us up the last few seasons. But anyways, um, I think for me, the biggest disappointment, so it's the Essendon, but I can't bag Essendon too much. So I'll bag Hawthorne instead. Um, the loss against Adelaide it was just abysmal. Really, it was just abysmal. Um, and if it was against a better team, they would have lost by 10 goals plus. To lose to a team that hadn't won in over a year is just shambolic. But congratulations, you played the Crows in the form. And then, you know, good contest against the Saints. Perhaps they'll be lucky that the Saints didn't kick straight, but yet again, you guys didn't either. So that, that mm. cancels each other out. But Alistair Clarkson once again continued the trend this year of 
complaining about something, right? After the victory against North, it was that the holding the ball adjudication became too lenient. Um, or uh, against Sydney after Sydney, that oh, Tom Papley he stages for free kicks. And now he's complaining about the Saints' tactics. Clarker, I understand that you're not used to losing. I understand that you've been up for so long, you don't want to fall, right? But there's a way to lose graciously. And he is mm. not doing that. Okay? You didn't lose against the Swans because of Papley's diving. You didn't lose against the Saints because of St. Kilda's tactics. You lost against those two teams because you guys weren't good enough to win. That's pure and simple. Oh, and by the way, the last time, the, when you complained against North Melbourne about the adjudication, I think you guys got hammered by the umpires in the preceding few games. So go on, keep complaining. Keep complaining. See how that works out for you. And you are by far the best coach in the league, one of the best coaches in history in terms of number of premierships and the amount of success you've had in such short a period of time, right? Kevin Sheedy took what took you basically in the space of seven seasons, took Kevin Sheedy 16, 16 and 17, right? So you are undoubtedly one of the best coaches of all time. Why are you doing this? I don't understand. I don't understand. And for me, it's just not good enough to see one of the coaches complain so consistently. Yeah. No, you're right. I guess we've never seen him in that position too often Mm. over the last, uh, like you said, last seven seasons or so. Yeah. Um, Or since, you know, 2013, I guess. Yeah. and it is, it's, it's new territory for him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for him to go and call the Saints build up um, slow, to say that they were just kicking the ball around. Um, like, have, did you watch the first half of the season for Hawthorne? Or even the whole season for Hawthorne? Thank you. That seems like, that seems like the main kind of strategy that, that they've had. And um, it hasn't worked for them like St Kilda's, like it's worked for St Kilda. So... Yeah, I, I get it. Um, you know, it, it, it must be hard to look at the team. And, and, and we thought, you know, I, I thought myself that Hawthorne uh, were one of those teams that you'd never see in the bottom three on the ladder. Uh, even even when they're uh, rebuilding or whatever, they've, they've still got the stars. They've still got the talent. Um, they've got guys like Warple, um, you know, that, that are just going to go off every night. and, and you know, to have have a, a gun like that so so uh, early on in his career show signs. I was like, okay, Hawthorne just will never be bad, and we'll we'll live with that. But no, they've uh, they've proved me wrong. Mm. Um, and yeah, if if you if you're a Hawk supporter, I think um, the uh, excuses have gone, and they're going to have a, a big a big long discussion about where the club's at. Um, after the next two rounds. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. Moving on to part two of the podcast, big talking points in football at the moment. And because we just discussed Hawthorne, let's discuss this one first. Very interesting article on the AFL website about whether or not Hawthorne or Sydney are going to make the rebound quicker, right? 
think back to the end of the 2016 season, the Swans had lost the grand final to the Dogs, the Hawks out in straight sets also because of the Dogs. And then 2017, the Hawks lost their first four games of the year, including two by over 80 points. And the Swans infamously went 0-6 and six before very famously making the finals after that. But ever since the 2016 season, it's been a slow, 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 and then a very quick decline for both teams. Who is going to make a climb back to the finals quicker? Will it be the Hawks or will it be the Swans? Jonathan, I'll hand it over to you first. Hawthorne or Sydney? Oh, it's, uh, it's tough. And it's interesting because, yeah, I guess I think of these two teams as the same in a way, the same kind of position. Granted, Sydney's fall from grace was a little bit um, longer ago than Hawthorne's has been. Um, so I guess they've had a little bit more time to rebuild. You know, we, they've kind of already got these young, young guys coming through. Um, yeah, yeah, your Heaney's, your Tom Papley's, they're um, kind Florent. of looking to re- to replace. Yeah, yeah, Florent, um, yeah, Callum Mills, Jake Lloyd, mm. um, and you know they, they've they've been around for for a while now. They're, they've um, got plenty of experience in them. Um, is that enough to build your team around? We don't know. Mm. We don't know. Hawthorne, on the other hand, it's an interesting one because in my in my mind, um, you've got you you had your Jaeger Amira, Tom Mitchell, uh, Tom Scully. You know you had these big names. Um, you add Jonathan Patton. Um, like it should be better than what it is. Mm. So in my mind. In my mind, Hawthorne are closer. Mm. And I know we're not seeing those results, but just looking at the talent that they've got, it stacks up a lot better uh, for me than Sydney. And maybe, you know, there's, a, there's an argument going the other way. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there is. Um, but, yeah, for me, I think Hawthorne are, Hawthorne are closer, purely based off the list that they've got and what they're not receiving from those star players i am a little bit conflicted about this right taking off my red and white glasses for a second and putting them aside hawthorne at the moment they have i think their older players are better than sydney's so i think you would take luke bruce you would take gunston you would take henderson you would take uh, Paul Popolo in his prime, you'd take Ben McAvoy, who's having a great season. You'd take these players over the likes of an aging Josh Kennedy, an aging Parker, an aging Rampy, although Rampy's having a good year until he re-injured his hand, and an injured Buddy Franklin, right? But for me, as you mentioned, the Swans went and as the AFL article mentioned, the Swans went harder at the draft sooner than the Hawks did. Mm. And as a result, their younger players are in a much stronger, their younger half of their list, much stronger position than Hawthorne's are, right? Which I think for next year, I think Hawthorne might be better than Sydney, probably will be just because of how good their top end is. 
Um, mm. The problem for Hawthorne is, is that they chose to top up with players from other teams, which is fine. But the consequence of that is, is that you lose draft picks and also the players that you top up with might not be that good. So Jonathan Patton, Chad Wingard, Tom Scully, as you mentioned, all those players on paper make any team stronger. But in actuality, Patton unfortunately gets too injured far too easily. Wingard is too inconsistent and Scully gets, you know, he's also too inconsistent and has too many injuries at the same time, right? Problem is that the Demons, the Giants, and now the Hawks. So for me, the top-ups aren't working for the Hawks at the moment. And they have to make a lot of tough decisions over the next couple of seasons on the players that they brought in. To a lesser extent, this also affects O'Meara, though maybe he'll be safe because he's playing, he's playing all right. But you then have a look at their older players as well. Do you stick with Propolo? Do you stick with Henderson? Do you stick with Stratton? What about Ben McAvoy? You know, all these players are getting towards the end of their careers. And really, the only two who have been playing well enough this year to guarantee themselves a contract, uh, uh, playing at the Hawks next season, for mine, would be Gunston and McAvoy. That's it. Maybe Ricky Henderson? Maybe. But that's it. Only those players. And once you get rid of all those talents, well, now you're going to go to the draft and that's going to set you back a couple of seasons. So for me, and not just because I'm biased, because I hate Hawthorne, but I think Sydney's going to get to the finals quicker just because they went to that well a little bit sooner. Um, so, yeah, so for me, I, th- I, th- I think the Swans, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Hawks, because Clarko is Clarko. Um, I wouldn't rule out Hawthorne making finals next year. You know, heck, he's such a good coach, Clarko. I wouldn't even rule them out making finals this season. Even though mathematically it's impossible, they could still do it. Why? Because he's Clarko. You know, who wave a magic wand mm-hmm. and like 10 teams in front of them on a ladder will disappear um, and then win the mm-hmm. premiership. So for me, I think it's Sydney. For you, it's Hawthorne. I think it's going to be interesting to see either way. Speaking of finals football, uh, no finals in Victoria. The grand final for the first time in VFL, AFL history will not be played in Victoria for the first time since 1991. Won't be played at the MCG. It's being played not at Optus Stadium in Perth, not at the Adelaide Oval, and certainly not in Sydney. No, 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 no. Head up north to the Gabba. Gabba Grand Final, Gabba Nighttime Grand Final. First time in history that it will be played under lights. And also, I think, I can't remember where I read this, but the AFL is considering a Wednesday final to start proceedings in October football. Thoughts, Jonathan? Mm. Well... First of all, I think Queensland is the right decision. Mm. Um, would have loved to see it at Optus Stadium, bigger stadium. It's built for those big games. Um, but just what Queensland's done for the league this year um, and and the fact that most or well, all the pretty much every team is there already um, you know, it just it, it just makes sense. It makes more sense than having teams fly back, fly over to WA, quarantining for fourteen days. Um, you know, in in the, in that time, you've you've lost a bit of that form. Um, so the training comes into question. I think the gather, it's the right decision. It's the uh, the best outcome in a in a pretty pretty tough situation. So, yeah, it's um. 
that bit makes sense to me. The nighttime, again, I feel like the AFL executives sit, sit down and they think, okay, um, you know, we, we've lost kind of the, the traditional format uh, already. What can we test? What can we, what can we see? What ideas can we, uh, we put into to the final series? And so the nighttime grand final, it's been something that's been talked about for the last few seasons. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a debate that we have every year. Would a nighttime grand final be better? We see the NRL do it um, and they do it quite well. Uh, it works. Um, it works really well um, for rugby league. Um, for AFL, we we've always loved the uh, the afternoon grand final. It, it's it's a it's huge part, like I said, of the tradition. Um, so if you change the location of the grand final, why not change the the time that it's played? The interesting thing will be, um, and I know you heard Kane Corns talk about it. Uh, last week or so, the um, the dew, the conditions yeah. that the Gabba gets during a nighttime grand uh, well nighttime game, um, we see some some pretty sloppy play. The mm. ball gets a bit wet. The kicking's not as good. It's harder to mark. It's harder to pick up off the ground. The grand final could end up being a scrap fest, um, yeah. and so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. The, the AFL have said, no, it's going to be fine. Um, so do with that as you will. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting to see. And for the Wednesday night starting the grand, starting the final series, again, I'm not fussed. You know, we've why not? had footy on every night of the week. So, yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, you why know, not? why not? Yeah. I think as well, um, with less people being able to go to the game, uh, unless people unfortunately working compared to normal, uh, not COVID conditions. I think that, you know, people being at home in front of the TV or watching on live stream or however they're watching the football, listening to the radio, I think it matters a lot less when football is played and that, you know, the footy bonanzas kind of shown that. So I think I agree with you. The Gabba Queensland just makes sense. Um, I think that nighttime grand final is interesting. What's going to be really interesting is that if it turns out to be a success, if it turns out to be a failure, will the AFL continue with it or will it be a one-off? Will we see return next year to the 2.30, 2.35 time slot? That's going to be very interesting. I think Wednesday final, yeah, again, not that big of a problem for me. Um, I think uh, in regards to the dewy conditions at night in Brisbane, um, I think that it's smart having it at night and not during the day because, and I've never been to Queensland, but I've heard it can get quite warm there in mid to late October. And so I don't think you would want players playing in that type of heat during the day. So I think that the night will provide a little bit cooler conditions for the players, which I think is why it's quite smart that they're having it at night and not during the day. I was talking to my dad about it. He mentioned that. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even, didn't even think about that. But it's a good, yeah. I think I think it's a good idea. Gabba Grand Final, I can't wait for it, uh, especially if Brisbane's going to be there. Whew, man, I tell you oh, what, yeah. if Brisbane can have another era of dominance and if the Brisbane Broncos and the NRL continue to suck as much as possible, we could see Brisbane become an AFL town. Yeah. Could be yeah, very right. And um, AFL released their... Uh their membership numbers 
um, I think yesterday they had yeah. had them up, and some clubs have declined. Some clubs have um, seen surprising rises. Mm. Um, Richmond and Gold Coast is still down there, but I think and don't take this for gospel, but the numbers for the AFL membership are pretty close to the NRL memberships, mm. um, which the AFL will look at as just a massive success. Um, and those clubs, they're, they're still growing. A good final series is going to do wonders for the Brisbane uh, Lions, as has a good season. And the positive signs that we've seen from Gold Coast this year, um, you know, I, I could talk for days about how, how good it is to see Gold Coast playing well and to see this, um, this team that has had more draft picks than any other team do good things, you know? And, and yes, that is with the likes of Amadi Rao, um, Lukosius, Ranking, those kind of guys um, just playing, playing well. Um, it's, it's great to see. It's great for Queensland. Um, yeah, if, if anyone's a winner from this, from this season, it's Queensland. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. And hopefully it can help Queensland, it's Queensland's economy as well. Having a football game with hopefully 30,000 people there. Be great to see. Speaking of the fixture, round 18 has been released. It starts off on Thursday between North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles. And it finishes with a bang on Monday with Collingwood taking on Port Adelaide. Jonathan, I would love to hear your thoughts on the fixtures because the first time I saw the fixtures, I like North Melbourne on a Thursday night. Okay, interesting. Why don't you actually put someone you know, interesting to watch on Thursday night? But then I read somewhere that, oh, well, actually it was West Coast who requested the Thursday night, supposedly because they want to get back to Perth. If you mm-hmm. own, if you earn a home final quick enough, um, I, I, I want to hear your opinion on that. Are you happy with the Eagles getting a Thursday night game for round 18? Well, so the rumour going around was that, well, I'm not sure if it was much of a rumour, but the West Coast Eagles I had offered to buy um, the home rights for this game um, from North Melbourne and have it at Perth. Um, which would have meant that players would be in home for um, a home fi- potential home final, which, you know, top four is far from guaranteed at the moment. A lot has to go the Eagles' way for that to even be um, a question. But that was the rumour, and North would have, you know, with the position that they're in, they would have uh, been considering that, I reckon. Um, but, you know... From another angle, it does open the door for those bigger clubs to buy home games yeah. whenever they want. So, you know, you, you never want to set that kind of precedent. No. Um, and this is a it's a small win for the Eagles to have that game on Thursday. It does give them enough time um, after the after round eighteen. Um, already head home in Perth. If there's a home final, then all is well. Um, so really smart. Um, to to request that, um, and it's nice to see um, that work out well. I guess. Yep, I fully agree with that. Uh, 
surely as well from West Coast perspective, considering the grand final is going to be held in Southeast Queensland, surely playing, I know it's not at Metropolitan Stadium, which this game is, but surely playing in those conditions at night would be better for West Coast just in terms of practice. So I, I would not be complaining if I was Adam Simpson like he was early in the season. Uh, what do you think Collingwood versus Port Adelaide Monday night football, the final game of the home and away season? What do you think? Yeah, I, um, I'm a fan of the Monday game. <laughs> mm. um, I, I, I enjoy Monday night football. I think it's, it's been, been great to see um, this year. And, and if the AFL does follow with this kind of fixture, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday or just a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, I, I think I think it's great. I think it'll work really well. Um, I would love to see it return next season. Um, yeah, I, I guess there's still a lot of a lot of questions around how the ladder's going to look at the end of this round. There's a lot of um, a lot of changes that that could happen. Um, Collingwood is still in. Yeah, they're so they're, they're still in that that hunt for uh, the finals position. It, it could slip away. So, yeah, every every game's a massive game for the last two rounds, um, and just how how the teams finish the season and how the teams head into finals. I think that is a great Monday night game to finish off with. If Essendon had actually produced over the last couple of games I would have said why not Essendon v Melbourne have the game that was postponed being the last game of the season could have been a battle for eighth whoever won made finals over mm. lost didn't but doesn't matter anymore um, I think for me I'm most excited for Friday night football St Kilda versus GWS could be a preview of first week's finals actions uh, it's at the Gabba. I'm very excited to see that game. I think it's a game between two very talented teams, two teams. Uh, they're just starting to hit their strides. I think it's going to be a very interesting match. Moving on to the next topic of conversation. Speaking of eighth, who will finish eighth? Will it be Melbourne? Will it be GWS? Will it be the Western Bulldogs? Two of them messed up opportunities to consolidate their opportunity for eighth. So the Giants are just holding on. Melbourne are just holding on. And coincidentally, they play each other around 17. Go figure. How about that for timing? So who do you think is going to finish eighth? Because the top seven, you would think, would finish top seven somewhere. Don't know the order yet. But the Power, Lions, Eagles, Tigers, Cats, Saints, and Pies, you would think would be top seven, meaning eighth. And I know Statistia mathematically Fremantle and Essendon can still make it, but the Bombers and Dockers aren't going to do it. Realistically, it ain't going to happen. But can Melbourne clinch it? Will it be the Giants or will it be the Bulldogs? Who's your prediction? Well, I'd love to see the Bulldogs in the finals. Just the way that they've played this year. um, I, I really like what they're doing. I like the way they play. Um, yeah, for their season to end, you know, next week would be a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would prefer to see them against, uh, in the eight rather than GWS who have been disappointing this year. I mean, it's pretty obvious, that, pretty obvious that they've been disappointing this year. And, uh, if they're there taking that eight spot, 
you know, I think the Bulldogs have deserved deserve to be there. Um, they play a, a Hawthorne team that's got something to prove um, in round 17. So it could be very interesting um, to see how the Hawks bounce back. Mm. Um, and yeah, Frio and Essendon still there with a chance. It wouldn't be the craziest thing <laughs> we've ever seen. Um, if there's some massive turnaround, Frio have North Melbourne and then who they play the last round, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs as well. So, you know, it, it's, there's, I know there's only two rounds, but it just seems like it could go anyway. And it's going to be a very interesting battle for the eighth spots. Someone's heart's going to be broken. Someone's heart's mm. going to be broken. I think looking at the final two games, you would think Hawthorne, and Fremantle are two games that the Bulldogs should win, which is why I'm saying they'll finish eighth. Melbourne, I just can't trust them. I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And GWS play St. Kilda in the final round, which I think they'll lose. If they lose that and Melbourne and Bulldogs win, then the Giants are out. Of, yep. They're not going to make it. But Melbourne, it will be the D's or it'll be the dogs, and I trust I trust the Bulldogs more than I trust Melbourne. Next topic of conversation. Uh, my phone just died. No, it didn't. Hang on a second. My phone is still alive. That's good news. Okay. Um, right. I was dreading having to talk about this, but we'll talk about it nevertheless. It is time for me to eviscerate Essendon. <clears throat> floor is yours thank you thank i'm very you. interested to hear what you have to say um i i might have to cut you off if i start worrying about your uh <laughs> about my health yeah thank you i appreciate that um i'll try not to get as angry as jason dunstall does when he rants um because you know when he rants you really start to worry about his health like you see the veins in his neck start to pop out oh yes <laughs> matthew lloyd said that Essendon, we are now the laughing stock of the competition. And to hear him describe how fast we have fallen, and then to see other former players like Dean Wallace come out and talk about how, what a dysfunctional team we are at the moment. Compare that to the footage shown at halftime when we were 59 points down of the players laughing over a joke. I don't care if the joke is the funniest joke in the world. And normally, right, when people say like, oh, players can't do this, players can't do that, I'm normally like, hey, stop being, you know, stop being a stick in the mud. Let the players do what they want. Not when you're 59 points down, when your season is on the line. I'm sorry, the jokes can wait. And it wasn't just a couple of players. And it wasn't just the young players, right? It would be one thing if it was just like Irving Mosquito and then another youngster, right? It was, Heppel was in there, Hooker was in there, Saad was in there. And watching that, it's like, why? Why is such a bad look? Why would you do that? When you kick knew the, the chances the that the it's a kick in the guts. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. And normally, right, I remember Essendon supporters got upset last year after hashtag Rampygate when we lost to the Swans and Dyson Heppel and David Myers shared a little bit of a smile. 
right? I didn't mind that because I kind of viewed it like Heppel trying to almost say to Myers, oh, that's okay, it was a good try, right? Because, you know, whatever. That was a good effort. It was a game that we should have won, but we still showed heart. I don't care if we lose. Show effort. The E in Essendon's name should stand for effort. It should stand for energy. And it used to stand for excellence. And it doesn't anymore. Instead, it stands for expired. It stands for exhausted. And it stands for... Ugh, eh, eh. That's what we are. We are the eh. Eh football team at the moment. And for to to hear the difference in John Westfold's language over the last two weeks, I really like Westfold. I like that he was able to take Essendon from the dark place that we were in in 2016 and to take us into a position where the drug saga is now pretty much firmly behind us, right? The only, you know, we're only going to hear from it from, um, from uh, you know, opposition fans who want to tease us about it. And you know what? Let them have it. 16 premierships. They always want to make fun of the Giants. The Giant player. Go for it. Okay? We're still the equal best team in the history of the competition. But we have been outside of Melbourne because Melbourne has sucked. Outside of Gold Coast because Gold Coast have sucked. We have been the worst team in the competition since 2004. And at least Melbourne have won a final since then. They won a final in 2006. They won a couple in 2018. Yeah, sure, they won wooden spoons in that time. But so what? So did we. We won a wooden spoon too. We haven't won a final since 2004. Long time. It's a long time. I was three when we last won a final. Three. I didn't even know what football was. Had no idea. Didn't know what anything was. You asked me when I was three to do my ABCs, I would be like, huh? What ABCs? What like? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Last time we won a final, James Hurd was carving up the competition. Like the superstar player he was. Why can't we have a Hurd now? Who's going to stand up? Who's going to be our James Hurd of the 2020s? Thus far, no one is putting their hands up. And now Conor McKenna has returned to Ireland. Or he's left the AFL to return to Ireland. I wish him all the best. And I thank him for the incredible, incredible, incredible memories. And I'm sorry that Essendon couldn't play you in the position that you wanted to be played in. And I hope that you have success if you want to play Gaelic football in Ireland, that you have success playing Gaelic football in Ireland. But I just wonder if that's going to be the start of opening the floodgates and who else is going to leave. Mm. Well, you just feel bad for, for Conor McKenna this year, mm. don't you? I mean, he had, he had all the talent. He was exciting to watch. Um, you knew what he could do with the ball. Um, and he was... It, 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 I read an article and he came out and he said he's called the he's called the AFL media out and he, he said that the way that they handled his uh, his positive COVID test way back when mm. uh, well it seems like a long time ago now but it wasn't mm. he called it disgraceful yep. and you have to agree with him yeah no it was never a oh I feel uh, 
feel really sorry for him or feel bad for him. You know, he's, he's alone in, in a foreign country um, and now he's got this disease. No, it was, uh, well, the AFL season's tarnished because of one guy. Well, well there, there it goes, you know. It was never, no one ever really cared about him. Um, he said uh, he was treated like a like a piece of meat. He said, um, like he was a criminal almost. Yeah. Um, we, we all saw the footage of him yeah. in training that the cameras riding in space. Yep. And it's just that's not what it should be about, and that's not how you should be treating treating players. And I think on a day like today, you know, are you okay? Day is uh, is a good time to to just reflect and see how we're how we're treating these these people um i think it was it was yeah it was disgraceful how he was treated um and it is sad to see him leave yep i agree i agree absolutely fully agree with that um it'll be interesting to see how much if any but they probably did play a role in him stepping down how much the intense and unfair media attention from the afl had to had to play with that um you know there were afl experts calling for him to be banned you know calling him to be mm. suspended for the rest of the year then the whole thing with was it a false positive what the were the other tests false negatives so for me that is a sad way to end a short but exciting career um mm. and it's brought a lot of excitement to the game and i appreciate him for that Next topic of conversation, moving on from my Bombers to your Eagles, the goal review that broke West Coast hearts, Bonton Pelly, Jeremy McGovern on the goal line, one angle showed it, showed the ball to be just over, the other angle showed it to be just on the line. I'll leave it to you. What's your opinion on this? Yes, well, it's tough. It's tough. Um, it had to be the correct decision. And it was the correct decision. And I think if it was anyone else, I would say the same. Um, if it was a non-Eagles team, I would say, say the same. Um, that you can't rule that touched. You have to rule it. Umpires call, they say. The bigger problem is the score review. Yep. The goal line technology. I just don't know how. If the AFL are going to use it as much as they have, why would you not invest more into it? Yeah. They had a lot of money to spend in, in recent times over the last five years. Um, you know, and we've seen failed projects. We've seen AFLX fail. Um, we've seen, yeah, m money pumped into the other avenues. And you're ignoring one of the key components, something that's genuinely deciding games. Mm. And we mentioned it briefly but, um, earlier, but the Saints game um, up in Alice Springs where they ended up losing to Melbourne, um, that, that goal that was, was it overturned or um, was it called was, a goal? Yeah, it was called a goal. Um, and they didn't have the technology of the ground to review it properly. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't. They didn't even have the the cameras. Um, that's a huge problem. How can you have 
one standard at one ground, but then you lack the you lack anything at another ground. And then when you have the technology at the ground, it's like I'm filming it on a Nokia phone. You know, it does just doesn't make sense. The they roll the footage back and forth, but you know each frame is so far apart. It's it's um it's honestly it's it's hard to watch whenever it comes on. It's just like you sit. I was sitting there and. I was looking at it and I was like, this could very well be touched, but how are we supposed to know? <laughs> and how is the umpire supposed to know? How is the AFL score review supposed to know um, when that's the kind of footage that we've got to go off? Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah, like I said, if, you, if you're going to be using it um, like they have been, you've got to put a bit more of your resources into it. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And now they can't afford it. (laughs) Now they can't afford to fix it. (laughs) I think the... And then to come out after the Saints-Demons game and say, okay, well, now all the grounds are going to have, you know, goal line technology. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, great. Great, fantastic, wonderful, wonderful. So glad that you did that so that you can avoid controversy, AFL. Well done. (laughs) Well, I can't yeah. imagine being a Saints supporter, just being like, Ugh. and Melbourne, yeah. look, they played really well in that game. But ultimately, just like the Bulldogs against you guys, they were lucky to win that game. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. Unless you want yeah. to say anything last about that. No, I, I, I never like to uh, blame the games on one incident. Um, while I'm very disappointed with the score of you, Technology, uh, the Bulldogs deserve that game. They they played better. They exposed the Eagles. Um, they played their way, and yeah, they came up top. So, yeah. You can blame one in, the game on one incident. I do that routinely on this podcast. Go for it <laughs> if you want to. Um, but yeah, no, the dogs. The dogs. Maybe I'll were... blame it on Jack Darling's game instead. Oh, <laughs> what about that look, right? The game was decided by a bad goal review. Um, it could have been decided by a bad umpire decision. I'm sorry that what I don't know what that free kick was for to Jack Darling. I don't think even Jack Darling knew. That's why he was so surprised he got the ball. He shanked it out of bounds on the full. That's my that's my theory for why he missed so bad. Moving on to round 17 the second last round of the home and away season and the round where a lot of teams could finally fall out of finals contention this year for good. It starts tonight, St. Kilda versus West Coast, the Saints and the Eagles at the Gabba in Brisbane. I'll go first with this one. I'm tipping St. Kilda by 14 points because yes, it's in Queensland, but St. Kilda just showing me more at the moment. They've been more consistent this year than West Coast have. I think St. Kilda's best is really, really good. And their worst is not that, with the exception of the game against Geelong, that was like an outlier bad game. But I think West Coast's ceiling isn't as high as the Saints, and their floor is a little bit lower than St. Kilda, which is why I'm tipping the Saints, plus you know all the injuries you're having at the moment. How about you, Jonathan? Are you sticking with the heart? What does your head say? Does your head agree with your heart? Because I know your heart's going to tip the Eagles. But what does your head say? <laughs> My head says 
it's still a bloody good team. <laughs> yep. Um, they've still got a very good backline. Um, they've still got some of the best forwards in the competition and they've got coming in, um, for me, the biggest game changer in the competition and that's Nick Natanui. Yep. Um, for me, we haven't seen the, the Tim Kelly uh, amazing game that we, we used to get at Geelong. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's coming. Uh, I'm quite happy with the ins that we've got to make up for the injuries that we've got. Yep. Um, very excited to see how the youngest of the Brayshaw brothers goes about his business. Hamish Brayshaw has been on the list for a very long time, um, gets his chance, and what, what a game to get your first uh, crack at it. Uh, coming in and we're trying to secure a, a top four position, which is, you know, as an Eagles fan, as an Eagles player, that's what you want is the home final. Um, so, yeah logistically St Kilda more form uh just yeah they they have what it takes to get that job done but I'm sticking with the Eagles <laughs> yeah just looking at your ins Nat Nui Hearn is going to be big Schofield is mm. going to be big yeah um, premiership defender but King is back in for the Saints Memory mm. is back in St Kilda and I'm just looking out at and looking at your outs Hickey, Hutchins, Jetta, Redden, Sheedana, Chi. Uh, that's a pretty good list of outs. So it's going to be very, yep. very interesting. And almost all it's of them a, are injured, except for Tom Hickey, who is omitted. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles pull it off, but I think the Saints are going to win. Moving to Friday night football at Metricon Stadium. This is a monster clash. Geelong... Versus Richmond, last year's prelim final was epic. The 2018 games between these two teams were also epics. Played in the 2017 qualifying final, which was not an epic unless you're a Richmond fan. I think this game is going to be close. And I think that Geelong have shown that they are the best Victorian team in the competition this year. I thought that it was going to be St. Kilda a few weeks ago. I said that the Saints were the best Victorian team in it and not Geelong, despite Geelong being placed higher. Well, Geelong have proven me wrong. The Cats are the best Victorian team in it. I think Richmond just have too much drama going on at the moment, too much, you know, instability off field. I think Dimmer is going into bat for his team, bat for his players, which is all very well and good. But all that it does, I feel like, is almost create an extra layer of media attention around it, which you don't need. Um, and so that's why I'm tipping Geelong to win by 10 points. Mm. Yeah, no, this is going to be a great game. Um, and you're right, two, the two best Victorian teams going at it. Uh, Richmond won that top four. Um, Geelong want to prove that they're the best team in the competition. No Joel Selwood, but they've shown they can do it without him. Um, I'm picking the Cats as well. I think that they will, uh, they've just got the goods. They, uh, they match up better than Richmond have. Um, and for, for Richmond's standards, the season hasn't been their best. And it hasn't, it's been a little bit disappointing um, to see how they've played this year. And Geelong have just, they've won big games. And this is another big game for them to win. Yep, I agree with that one. 
Saturday afternoon football also at Metricon Stadium. Metricon Stadium is getting an absolute workout of a football mm. schedule. North Melbourne versus Fremantle. Um, surely I don't have to explain my tip for this one. I think Fremantle by 37 points. Wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. Would be surprised if it's a lot closer than that. I think Fremantle, they're just a better team at the moment. And North Melbourne's season can't come to an end quick enough. One tip in Fremantle. How about you, Jonathan? The Kangas or the Dockers? Yep, it's the Dockers for me. Yep. It is the Dockers for me. Um, I've actually surprised myself with how much I've rooted for the Dockers this year. Mm. Um, but it, it's it's nice to see them show glimpses of yep. what they could do. And North Melbourne um, are one of the clubs that are going to end this season and just have a good look at themselves. Um, yeah, Todd Goldstein's 250th, mm. um, which is very impressive. Good on him. That's a, a massive milestone. Um, for the big Ruckman. But yeah, Dockers have the excitement and um, just playing better football. Yep, I fully agree with that one. Now I have to discuss the game that I am dreading. Oh, yep. Adelaide Oval. It's the Power versus the Bombers. And I think that the Bombers will win. No, um, can't even pretend. Can't even fake being positive about this game. (laughs) Port by 28, and finally, Essendon's season will be put out of its misery. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you there. Um, Port Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, what what can you say? It's a a win for them. Um, They could finish this this year in some red-hot form. Um, I can't remember the last time they lost, but it definitely won't come against Essendon. Yep, I agree with that one. Although, just a little bit of a caveat for Port. Um, Richmond in 2018 nearly lost to us in round 22. And I remember saying to my mum, who's a Tiger supporter at the time, you know, you're going to want to lose either to us or to the dogs next week at the MCG because the streak has to come to an end sooner rather than mm. later. And that's mm. even truer now when you have such an unpredictable, unconventional season. You don't know what's going to happen. Winning streaks are a lot shorter than they normally are. And so maybe it might benefit Port just dropping this game, please. <laughs> yeah. Or the next game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's always that. Uh, but, I mean, the next yeah. game they play against Collingwood. And who wants to lose to Collingwood? No one wants to lose to yeah. Collingwood. <laughs> I guess it is bad, but, you know, we're not Collingwood at least. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if Port Adelaide were feeling generous, they would do that. If not, that's fair enough. Um, I think 28 points, and it could be a lot more than that. GWS, it is very generous. <laughs> GWS versus Melbourne at the Gabba. This is a mammoth game of football. Uh, if you, dear listener, have been listening to this podcast at all, you know I have hammered Melbourne in the past. I've started to hammer the Giants as well. And this game, unsurprisingly, the loser is going to be out of finals contention most likely by the end of the weekend, which is why... This game is the game of the round for me. And I am tipping because I think they've played more consistent football. They have a better team. They have less severe injuries than their opposition. 
which is why I'm tipping the Demons to win by 19 points. I don't normally tip Melbourne to win. I tip them to win the Wooden Spoon this year. That's not going to happen. So they'll probably lose this game as well. But I'm tipping Melbourne to win by 19 points. How about you, Jonathan? The Giants or the Ds? Well, I'm not sure if I could say it's going to be the match of the round. I think it's going to be an absolute scrap fest. Uh, I think it's going to be physical. Um, I think it's going to be hard fought. Both teams want to win. I just think this is, this is a one, one of those games where GWS are going to come out and just show everyone what they've got. Um, and they, they do have the talent. I think they're going to win. Um, I'm not, not impressed by what I've seen from Melbourne, um, especially the last two games. Um, they, they can't score. Petrarca can't do everything. It's GWS for me. Yep, fair enough. Should be interesting to see this game. Sunday, this game, all of a sudden, is looking like it should be a belter. Carlton versus Adelaide at Metricon Stadium. Mm. Adelaide, very impressive last two weeks. But they've been at home the whole time. Can they win away from home against a team that is eager to play finals football and prove that they have what it takes to play October footy? I'm not, not convinced. Not convinced, which is why I'm tipping win by two points. By two points, my headphones just got knocked out, uh, knocked out, which is why you might hear a slight change in sound. But I think Carlton to win by two points in a thriller on Sunday afternoon football. And now my headphones are back. Who do you think is going to win, Jonathan? The battle for Bryce Gibbs. Bryce Gibbs last game yeah. of football. Wish him all the best. The Bryce Gibbs Cup. Wish him all the, the best. Eddie, Eddie Betts Cup. Yeah, the Eddie Betts Cup. Funnily enough, yes. funnily enough, though. Sorry, just to interrupt you before you start. Um, Essendon and Carlton in 2006, both teams were at the bottom of the ladder heading into, I think, round 17. Uh, both teams had had, I think, one win throughout the entire year. Maybe Carlton had two, Essendon had one. Whoever lost, the, the AFL um, media dubbed it the Bryce Gibbs Cup because whoever was going to finish last was going to picked Bryce Gibbs and it ended in a draw 105 to 105 apiece and Essendon ended up uh, just avoiding the wooden spoon and Carlton ended up winning Bryce Gibbs and Essendon got Scott Gumbleton believe it or not do you wow. remember him um, vaguely so, yeah vaguely uh, fortunately a career ruined by injuries at both Essendon mm -hmm. and Fremantle um, mm -hmm. but nevertheless this is the real Bryce Gibbs cup Bryce Gibbs Cup Part 2. Who's going to win? Uh, it's Adelaide for me. Mm. Undefeated in September. Wow. Um, I think they'll, they'll keep it going. They're um, starting start to, to feel good about themselves. And, and why stop now? Finish the season strong. Um, I'm not convinced by Carlton mm. just yet. And I think Adelaide... Still, their back's still against that wall. Um, they're still playing playing for the club. So, yep, Adelaide for me. And and I, I, ho I hope it's a good game. Um, I really do. Well, it should be a fascinating game, to say the least. Hawthorne versus the Western Bulldogs at the Adelaide Oval. Um, this game, I think, alongside the North Melbourne Fremantle game, I think is the easiest game to predict of the round. Bulldogs by 61 points. But there's an asterisk next to that. If the dogs 
think that they're going to win. Take it easy. Hawthorne are going to win. Right? The dogs have to be hungry. They have to be ruthless. They have to have the same mentality that they did round 23 last year when they belted the Crows to make finals football. This is what's on the line for the dogs once again, which is why they're going to win, and they're going to hammer the Hawks by 61 points. Yep. Yep. Dogs for me. Dogs for me if they can kick straight. I think if they <clears throat> don't kick straight, the Hawks might just see an opportunity there. Um, but the Bulldogs are the better team by far at this point. Yep. That is very, very interesting point you make there. A lot of teams are struggling with goal kicking, especially a team playing in the next game up at Kazali Stadium in Kansas. So great that Kansas is getting so many games of football. I just love that. AFL's taking over far north Queensland. Take that, Cowboys. It's Sydney v. Brisbane. The Lions can't hit a barn door with a banana at the moment, to quote Blackadder. Uh, Brisbane struggles in front of the goals. Sydney struggles to kick goals. Who do you tip the team that has opportunities to kick goals but squanders them? Or the team that normally converts their very limited opportunities in front of goals? Brisbane has too much to play for, which is why they'll win and win by 25 points. Yep. Yeah, I can't see Brisbane losing this. Um, yeah, I can't see Sydney winning it, funnily mm. enough. Um, it should be good. Still two young teams um, with a lot of talent. So, yeah, I, d I don't think it'll be a route by any means. But, yeah, Brisbane, too strong. Like you said, too much to play for. Yep, I agree, I agree with that. Monday, the last game around 17 and the 10th game, the 10th last game, I should say, of the AFL home and away season, Collingwood versus Gold Coast. I think I've been pretty safe in my tipping this round. I am currently 21 points behind Dad in the father-son tipping competition. So congratulations, Dad. I officially can't catch up to you. Well done. So Very impressive. Jeez, always absolute domination. 21 points. Yeah. 21 points. I've been just awful by me just abs i've dropped the ball but that's why i'm sticking safe this round with one exception i'm tipping the suns to beat collingwood thus far this year this is the only reason why i'm doing this thus far this year gold coast after being hammered have bounced back either the next game or the game after that and won right port adelaide round one hammered them they beat this uh, they beat the eagles the Cats crushed them. A couple games later, they beat the Swans. The Blues crushed them in the Indigenous Roundup and Down. They come back to the Gold Coast and they annihilate North Melbourne. And people might be saying, oh, well, what about Collingwood? Collingwood's a better team than North Melbourne. Surely, yes, sure. So are the Eagles. They're going to happen round two. They're going to happen round two. Gold Coast, they are playing to make sure that the end of their season is not another flop. Like, seasons past and Collingwood there's too much turmoil too much things too many things going on still Sidebottom is not going to be there because he's you know with the birth of his baby wish him all the best with that uh which is why the Suns will win and the Suns will win an epic by 13 points an unlucky 13 for Collingwood and who can still miss finals by the way just saying 
football gods, if you want to make it up to Essendon supporters for being so horrible to the Bombers this season, you can make it up <laughs> for us by, by making Collingwood miss the finals. That would be great. Oh, yeah. It'll, uh, it'll be a failure of a season if they don't make finals. Mm. Um, Collingwood, that's, that's without a doubt. Um, but I, I, have to, I have to tip him in this one. I have to tip him. Um, they've just got more to play for. Um, I think they'll they'll come together, win this one, and they'll they'll want to win it to carry on some momentum into round eighteen, um, where they'll face the uh, the ladder leaders, Port Adelaide. So, yeah, no, I think I think Collingwood for me will be too strong, and um, just come away with a a win. Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Best luck for the Eagles tonight. Should be very interesting indeed. Yes, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get it done and hopefully we see some some better football from Essendon, eh? Uh, don't hold your breath. That's all I'm saying. Don't hold your breath. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casimir Cloud. And until next week, goodbye.